Many people say that no one can know the future, but the Bible provides us with a series of events that will transpire from now all the way out to eternity beyond the human existence. We will discuss the future according to Bible prophecy on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of End of the Age. We're having some technical difficulties, uh, like we do periodically, with our big screen here. And I'm supposed to be teaching you through a PowerPoint today, but for some reason, our just before we went on air, our, our big screen went out on us, and so we're um, we're trying to decide what we're going to do. However. I tell you what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the desk and see if these guys can't get this thing going. And I'm going to teach you through a PowerPoint today because I'm going to, I want to rely on this. You need to understand what's going on as far as the future according to Bible prophecy. It's very important. And so I'm going old school. PowerPoint. Here we go. So there are prophecies that are... Once and done prophecies, and then there are prophecies that are um, the ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I tell you what, we have now, uh, I'm going back to the big screen because we got it going. Don't you just love technology? Here we go. Okay, I'm back. The future according to Bible prophecy. (laughs) There are prophecies that are once and done prophecies and prophecies that are ongoing fulfillment. Uh, that will happen from now to the second coming, from now until um, the Battle of Armageddon. And so I'm on the timeline that I'm going to be creating today, and I'll show you a timeline before the program is over today, but I'm going to be going through some ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecy that we're watching in the future And then some once and done. It'll happen and then it's over with. Okay? So, let me give you, before we get off into this, let me give you a little background here at Daniel 7. Then we'll get to world government. In Daniel 7, Daniel saw four beasts. A lion with eagle's wings, a bear, four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. And then he told us in Daniel 7 that those beasts would symbolize nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The lion is Great Britain, the eagle's wings, the United States, modern nations, the four-headed leopard, Germany, the bear, Russia, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom symbolize the current European Union, the revived Holy Roman Empire. 650 years later, John writes the book of Revelation, and in Revelation 13, 1-3, he uses the same animal symbols symbolizing nations or kingdoms to represent a one-world governing body. In Revelation 13, 1-3, John says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having 
seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy, and the beast which I saw. Notice he only says one beast, not beast plural, but one beast. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. Germany, the feet is the feet of the bear. Russia, mouth is the mouth of the lion. Great Britain, the dragon gave him his seat, power, and his great authority. And I saw one of the beasts as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. These nations will be involved in a world-governing body just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's an ongoing fulfillment that will happen now. We're watching the establishment of a world government, and it will, um, the end of it, will, it's all going to come crashing down at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, there's also a world religious system that's going to be formed, and we're watching it happening, being formed right now. In Revelation 13, 11 through 15, um, actually, I'm just going to read 11 through 12. That's what I'm going to cover, and then we'll get to some of the other. But the Bible says, and I, be, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. So he's going to, when you think of the lamb in the Bible, you think of the lamb of the God that takes away the sins of the world, Jesus Christ, right? Well, this one says that he has horns like a lamb. He's going to be a religious looking figure, but he's going to speak like the dragon. Well, who's the dragon? The dragon is Satan. The Bible says he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. And the goal of the world religious system is, the Bible says, and he will cause all the earth and them that worship, which dwell therein, to worship the first beast. The goal of the world religious system is to get people to, under their influence, to pledge allegiance to and to advocate for a world governing body. We're watching the establishment of this right now. And then the last ongoing fulfillment that I want to talk about would be the ongoing fulfillment of the Mark of the Beast system. Revelation 13, 16 through 17, you've heard about it many times. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. There are many efforts to number every human being on the planet as we speak to give them a digital identification number, without which they won't be able to function in society. So we're watching the ongoing fulfillment, precursors to this mark of the beast system, this global identification numbering system that will be used to economically sanction individuals in the end time. If I could number everybody and then say, well, if you don't comply with my edicts, I'm going to invalidate your number thus rendering you unable to function in society. That's what we're watching happening right now, and it's being tested on people who don't really have a choice. Underdeveloped nations and uh, refugees that have had to flee from war-torn countries, it's already being tested on these people as we speak. Now, as we see the timeline at the end of the program, you'll see that these three systems, this world government, world religion, mark of the beast, these things will turn into the kingdom of the Antichrist, the kingdom of the false prophet, and then the mark of the beast will be implemented at that time. You'll see that at the timeline at the end here. The thing that begins the once and done prophecies, then one of the next prophecies we're looking for on God's prophetic timeline is the six trumpet war. It's found in or World War III. 
It's found in Revelation 9, 13 through 16. John said, Then saith the sixth angel that sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which are before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels have been prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, and were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen were 200 million, and I heard the number of them. So it's a World War III that's coming. I'll get into a little more detail on the, on the, uh, after the break here. But we're talking about the future according to Bible prophecy. We can know the future. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. So, as a result of Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, we know it's World War III, and... Why do we talk about it right now? Because the first five trumpets in the book of Revelation, those have already occurred. And that'll be a lesson for another time, but I could prove to you conclusively. The first five trumpets have already occurred, and the sixth trumpet war, or World War III, is one of the next events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. Now, as a result of this prophecy, here's what we know. That... World War III will start from the Euphrates River region. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. One-third of all of mankind will be destroyed. Now, I've looked through many, probably 15 or 20 different translations. All of them tell us the same thing. One-third of the part of all of mankind. One-third of the part of all of Earth's population. They're all, they all say one-third of all of mankind will be destroyed in this war. It's, it's very ominous. And then... An army of 200 million will participate in this war. 
So we look at something, a conflict in the Middle East that will uh, begin there, but it's going to draw in some of the major powers. The armies that can field, uh, field an army, the entities that can field an army of 200 million soldiers would be China, India, and of course the Islamic faction, which we know will be involved since most of the nations that house the Euphrates, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, are almost all, almost 100% Islamic controlled countries. The second prophecy, there's two prophecies that we know are the next ones on God's prophetic timeline. Six Trumpet War and the, the Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement that will start the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. It's found in Daniel 9.37. Or 9.27. The Bible says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of that week, it's a week of years, a seven-year period. In the midst of that week, three and a half years in, the Antichrist shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. The overspreading of abominations, shall, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. What does this peace agreement do? It will, the final, it will begin the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. A Palestinian uh, state will be created. Two-state solution is what they're talking about. The international community is talking about it every day. And the Jews that live in Judea will be allowed to live out there as a Jewish minority in that Palestinian state. They've already proposed that. The Bible specifically tells us about this. Again, I'm not going to go through into deep theological dialogue on each one of these prophecies today. I'm just giving you the timeline. We'll do that on on other programs and things like that. I wanted to make sure you've seen the timeline today, so I'm going to have to move along very quickly. In the... As a result of this peace agreement, the Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement. It's Revelation 11, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, And there was given, John said, I was, There was given unto me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, now we're talking about the Temple Mount here, the court which is without the temple, leave it out and measure it not. Because it's given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot uh, for 42 months. That's the time of the Great Tribulation, three and a half years. So it's going to be placed under an international supervision, type of, probably by the United Nations. And Jerusalem will, re- will remain under Israeli control all the way to the end. These are characteristics of this peace agreement that will be signed that starts the final seven-year period. Again, what are we talking about? This, these are the future events, the future according to Bible prophecy. It's not the future according to end-time ministries. This is the future according to Bible prophecy, which you can, you can bank on that. You can take it to the bank. You, you can look at a timeline and say, okay, now I know what to follow here. And I'll show you the timeline before we're done. Well, also as a result of this peace agreement, Israel's going to be allowed to build a third temple. And it, the, the third temple is going to be built in the first three and a half years of the final seven years. Animal sacrifices will be resumed. And one, one quick point of interest I wanted to share with you. I had a gentleman that contacted me that said he met with some rabbis that came over here to Texas to look at some potential red heifers that were being raised here in Texas. 
and he thinks they may have found one. Now, this is all speculation. I haven't seen it. He invited me to go with him to see one of them. This would be in December. So I'm going to go look at it, and then if it's something that they might be able to use, then I'll report to you on that. But it's kind of a new development. The guy just contacted me yesterday, but I'm going to keep in contact with him and see what happens because they are working with rabbis straight from Israel to possibly get a red heifer. However, the animal sacrifices we know will be resumed, and the Antichrist will come along at some point in the future, halfway through that final seven years, and cause the sacrifices to cease. Daniel 11.31 says, And arms shall stand on his part, the Antichrist part. They shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and they shall take away the daily sacrifice, and shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. So these are things that will happen about halfway through that final seven-year period. These are things that are going to happen in the future. And it's awesome to me to be able to know these things according to Bible prophecy. Because it, it gives me a peace. I know the earth is, you know, you've got all these people saying, well, global warming, climate change, it's just going to destroy the earth and we're going to burn up and all these different, uh, you know, scare tactics. But it's simply not the case. The earth is going to be here for at least another thousand years. So global warming, which leads to climate change, don't lose any sleep over that because it's a complete hoax. So also, once the Jewish uh, temple is began, think about it. Think about the mindset of everybody when we can come on the radio and television and say, hey, they just set the cornerstones for the third Jewish temple. The people will know that we are on the brink of really revealing the, the revealing of the Antichrist and the beginning of the Great Tribulation. They know we're getting close. I've had people tell me, for years, oh well, I'll get I'll get right with the Lord when they start building that third temple because I know I know we're close to the end. Well, I wouldn't do that, but we know there is going to be a third temple built in the near future, and so there's going to be an unprecedented level of urgency that will engulf Christians because they're going to know we just got a short period of time left. They're going to realize there's no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture that the church is going to go through all of this. And God's true church will be in full evangelism mode. Not quite there yet, but I believe they're going to get... We know the greatest time of revivals prophesied for in the future, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So, halfway through, three and a half years into this final seven-year period, there's a war in heaven. Currently, Satan has access to heaven. But there's coming a time when there's going to be... Revelation chapter 12, there's a war in heaven... And the Bible says in Revelation 12, 7 through 8, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, or Satan, and the dragon fought with his angels, and they prevailed not. And neither was their place found any more in heaven for them. So there's a war coming in just the very near future. A lot of people believe the war happened in, back in the Garden of Eden in different times. But the fact of the matter is, it's in the future. It's a future event. It's going to happen about halfway through that final seven-year period. And what is Satan, the the, um, punishment for him losing the war? He's confined to the earth. Revelation 12, 12, the Bible says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell therein. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Here's the problem. 
and of the sea, before the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. This is what triggers the great tribulation. This is Satan's wrath. The great tribulation is Satan's wrath. God's wrath is at the battle of Armageddon. The three and a half years of great tribulation, that's Satan's wrath. He lost the war. Rejoice ye that are in heaven. This is Revelation 12, 12. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. The Bible says he persecutes the Jews that are on the earth and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. And I know we can have the pre-post-trib discussion and we'll have that at another time. But the Bible's very specific who will be persecuted when he comes. Now, the next thing on God's prophetic timeline would be the Antichrist is revealed at this point. The Bible's very specific Even though the Antichrist will be involved in getting a peace agreement signed at the beginning of the final seven years, he's not going to be revealed at that point. He will be one of hundreds of politicians. But there will come a time when he is revealed. I can come to the desk on the radio and say, guess what? So-and-so is the Antichrist. It's um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. The Bible says, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the second coming of Jesus Christ will not occur except there comes a falling away first. I covered that the other day on a program. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is what the abomination of desolation is. When the Antichrist stands in that rebuilt Jewish temple and claims to be God. A totally blasphemous act. He, claim, he exalts himself above all that is called God and claims to be God himself. And this is when the Antichrist is revealed. And this is when the Antichrist, the Antichrist kingdom is being established now. This is when the Antichrist will usurp authority over a functioning world government and will, it will become the kingdom of the Antichrist for the last three and one half years, which will be the time of the Great Tribulation. Also, the false prophet, remember Revelation 13, 11 through 15. The goal of the world religious system is to prop up, to advocate for, to cause the world to wonder after the beast. That's why they're getting the religions, that's why the world religion right now is being established. Because the globalists know they've got to have the religions on board with this. In the times of crises, they'll look to the government and not to their deity. That's what the whole goal of all of this is. It's world government. Because that's Satan's effort to establish his kingdom here on the earth. World government. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 1 and 2, that the dragon gave that entity its seat, power, and its great authority. The dragon is Satan. Satan is the driver, the mastermind behind the world government in the earth today. And so the false prophet's going to support the Antichrist. In Revelation 17, 3. Revelation 17 and 18 are parenthetical chapters, explanatory chapters. And they, um, it's God showing John the judgment of the great harlot, the, the, the end-time world religious system, the mystery Babylon God's going to judge that. In Revelation 17, 3, John said, So he carried me away in the spirit 
into the wilderness, and I saw a woman, the false religious system in the end time, sit on a scarlet-colored beast full of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. This is very important. The seven-headed, ten-horned beast is the one-world governing body from Revelation 13, 1 and 2. That's the world government. But John said in Revelation 17, 3, I saw the false religious system sitting on the back in union, politics and religion, a union of that. In the end time, they're going to be working together in an alliance. And then it also says that it was a scarlet-colored beast. Scarlet symbolizes um, the ideology of socialism and communism in Bible prophecy. Again, that's another lesson we would have to go through. You just have to trust me on that. But the end-time world government will be a socialistic or communistic one-world governing body. And we see that happening right now. So this is what's coming in the near future. We will see all that crystallize and come to pass right there at the three-and-a-half-year mark, halfway through that final seven-year period. If we're walking through a timeline, that's where we're at, halfway through that final seven years. Now, the Bible says the Antichrist will corrupt many by flatteries. He's going to, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene and he's going to say, Hey, I'm going to give you free stuff, free college. I'm going to wipe out your college debt. I'm going to give you free health care and free government subsidies. He's going to corrupt people by flatteries. That's what a lot of people do. You haven't heard anybody in the government doing that lately, have you? Oh, I didn't say that. But Daniel eleven thirty two and 33 says, that, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he, the Antichrist, corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The church in the end time will not be a weak, anemic organization. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So the Bible says those who understand the prophecies will be strong and do exploits in the end time. It's very important that we understand that. I've had so many people say, Oh, Dave, nobody can understand the prophecies of the end time. I'm like, well, 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 hold on. What about all the scriptures that say, He who now understands, he who understandeth, let him count the number of the beast. Let him that hath understanding. What about all those scriptures? Of course we can understand Bible prophecy. I hope we can, because it's about one-third of the entire Bible. I know God just didn't put it in there for filler. So, of course, we can know that. And I'm teaching you through the future according to Bible prophecy. So, true Christians are going to leave false Christianity. And this is very important. Now, this will happen um, halfway through that final seven-year period. And I know we're coming up to break. I'm going to get into it more in detail on the other side. But there are people that love God that have been caught up into stuff that they really shouldn't be. And God's going to make a plea in the end time. Come out of her, my people, that you be not a partaker of her plagues and of her sins. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button on today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. The Bible also says that on this future according to Bible prophecy timeline that this gospel will be preached into the whole world and then the end will come. It's Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Now this prophecy is just prior to the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation, we talked about it. It's Matthew, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24, 15 through 18. He said, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, back in Daniel 9, 27, stand in the holy place. Listen at this. Whoso readeth, let him understand. There it is. Then let them which be in Judea flee. End time ministries is going to have a big part in helping them to flee in the end time with our door knocking campaign. Let him which is on the housetop, don't go down and take away anything out of your house. Don't neither, If you're in the field, don't go back to get your clothes. So the Jews in Judea are going to have to flee at this time. This is halfway through that final seven-year period at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Well, of course, what's that going to lead to? Jesus is saying, when you see the abomination of desolation, let them which be in Judea flee, because in Matthew 24, 21, it says, For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world, a great, the, the worst time of persecution, no nor ever shall be again. Three and a half years into that final seven-year period, that's when the great tribulation begins. Of course, and then this is when the two witnesses begin their ministry. Halfway through this final seven years, uh, Revelation eleven three says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy... 1,203 score days, 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. So when the Bible talks about the duration of the Great Tribulation, it's time, times, and half a times, which is three and a half years, 42 months, which is three and a half years, or 1,260 days, which is three and a half years. So there's no scriptures in the Bible for a seven-year tribulation period. There is a final seven-year period, But the Bible always says that the Great Tribulation only lasts three and one-half years. Now, this is when the world's greatest revival will occur. 
Revelation 7, 9 through 14. Um, in Revelation 7, 1 through 8, John's talking about the 144,000, the remnant of Jews in the earth. There's, and then it says, John in Revelation 7, 9, he says, and wow, I, and this I, I beheld and lo, a, a great multitude which no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And the Bible says they stood before the Lamb and clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. And, the, and then it goes on to say, and the elder looked at John and said, Hey, John, who are these people? Where'd they come from? And John says, You know, I don't know. Thou knowest. And the elder says, These are they that came out of great tribulation. A multitude that no man could number, folks. Think about that. So the world's greatest revival is ahead of us now. We're seeing it trickling in now. But there's going to come a time when some of these prophecies click off that there's going to be the greatest time, this great harvest that we've been sowing the seed for for many, many years. It's going to come in like a flood. Well, at this point, three and a half years in, the Antichrist is going to expand his power over the earth. Revelation 13, 7 through 8, the Bible says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Power to overcome them was given to him over all kindreds, peoples, tongues, and nations. And them that dwell on the earth shall worship him. Here's a key, though. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Number one, folks, have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. That's of utmost importance. Get your name. Be born again. Get your name in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, except a man is, is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. No matter what, get your name in the Lamb's book of life. Well, then we come to the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, it's, this is during the final three and one half years. It's when it's doled out on this timeline. Revelation 13, 16 through 18. Of course, I just read it a little while ago, but the Bible says that the, they will give um, everybody on earth their own unique identification number. And without that, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. The Bible mentions number there three or four times. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of his name. And there are two efforts to digital, give everybody their own digital identification number as we speak. ID 2020 by the United Nations, ID 40 by the World Bank. So we're moving right down this timeline. We're watching precursors of this right now. And it's coming in just the very near future. What are we talking about? The future according to Bible prophecy. Now, there's going to come a time when that final seven-year agreement that, was, that started this it's going to come to an end. That's going to expire, and at that point, Israel is still going to refuse to surrender Jerusalem. And there have been resolutions that are passed, resolution, uh, UN Security Council resolutions, like Resolution 2334, that says Israel's right, uh, Israel's existence in the, um, or I, I should say occupation in East Jerusalem and the West Bank is illegal in the eyes of the international community. Well, there will come a time when the United Nations armies are going to come down to enforce those resolutions and Israel's still going to refuse to comply. Well, this is when the Battle of Armageddon happens. And this is when the seven vials of the wrath of God, big difference, great tribulation, wrath of Satan, wrath of God, Revelation chapter 16. That's when the Battle of Armageddon happens. 
the, um, the UN armies, will, they're going to invade Israel. Zechariah 14, 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. So the battle's going to begin in the plain of Megiddo in the northern Israel. <clears throat> and in Revelation 16, 16, the Bible says, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. It's the only uh, verse in the Bible the word Armageddon is used. And Israel is going, again, the battle of Armageddon is going to start in the plain of Megiddo. But then it's going to go down because Israel is going to be fighting the world governing army. So imagine, Israel is going to be fighting Russia and Turkey and Iran and many other nations, parts of Europe. So she's going to fight valiantly, but she's going to be driven down the Jordan Valley and up into Jerusalem, and that's where it's going to culminate, is right there in the Kidron Valley between the Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount. There's a big valley right there. That's where it's going to culminate. And it's very important that we understand these things because it lets us know that we do have a few years left, and, you know, I would love to have the Lord come tonight because I'm ready to go. But I'm kind of torn because I know there's still a lot of people that we need to win to God. And so I do want Him to come, but on the other hand, I want Him to wait. Because I want to give all these people a chance to be saved. And so I'm I'm torn by that. I really am. And so uh, it's something that I'll have to wrestle with until He comes, honestly. So at the Battle of Armageddon, half of Jerusalem is going to be taken by the UN armies. Um, Zechariah 14.2 says that, And the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And so we know because of this that Israel will have been in control of the entire city of Jerusalem all the way up to that point. Now, I know about the current political situation and what the United States is trying to do, opening up a consulate for the Palestinians, a lot of different things. But they're, And I've seen so many articles that said, will they divide Jerusalem? No, they won't. Israel will not divide Jerusalem. They're going to be in control of Jerusalem all the way to the Battle of Armageddon. But then half of the city will be captured. And when it looks like Israel's about to be defeated, I mean, they've, they've fought valiantly against the world governing armies, but now they're just in a, right up in that, the Kidron Valley, They're going to look in their ammo buckets. They're going to be out of ammo. They're going to realize we're about to be defeated. Half of the city of Jerusalem, we couldn't even um, defend that. And so they know of a prophecy when Jesus is supposed to come back. It's an Old Testament prophecy when Jesus is supposed to come back and plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. And so... When, they, when it looks like they're about to lose everything. Because if, if Israel loses Jerusalem, they've lost everything in their mind. <clears throat> when it looks like they're about to lose everything, they know the prophecy of the Messiah. Israel's going to cry out to our Messiah. And guess what happens when you cry out to the Messiah? When I cry out to him, he's always showed up every time. Well, that's what's going to happen to Israel. They're going to cry out for the Messiah. And guess who's going to show up? Jesus Christ. Jesus is going, of course, why? Well, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is going to descend on the Mount of Olives. Zechariah uh, chapter 14, verse 3 through 4. The Bible says, "Then, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. 
and his feet shall stand in that day on the Mount of Olives. And there's going to be a great earthquake. That, the, that mountain is going to split. The Bible says that um, Jerusalem is going to come on Jerusalem in the east on the Mount of Olives. And that the Mount of Olives is going to cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and the west. There's going to be a great valley. Half of the mountain is going to go to the north and the south. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a major earthquake at that point. And, but imagine Israel. They know the Messiah is going to come plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. It's a prophecy. But they're not going to know who he is. But when he shows up, they're going to go out to meet him because he's going to stop the world governing armies at that point. He's going to pour out his wrath upon them. And Zechariah 13, 6, the Bible says that the Jewish people are going to go out to meet him. And one will say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hands? I mean, think about it. And then he's going to answer and he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. So they notice the wounds in his hands, the wounds in his feet. Well, who was wounded for us? Jesus Christ. So they're going to look at the Messiah come, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. They're going to know he's the Messiah, but they're going to recognize the wounds and they're going to say, oh, well, well, hold up. You were Jesus Christ. And 2,000 years of blindness will peel off of their eyes. And what's going to happen at that point? The Bible says all of Israel will be saved. It's uh, found in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. The Bible says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part had happened to Israel. At this point, Israel is in, in part blinded. Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and then all of Israel shall be saved. As it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So think about this, folks. In the future, there's going to be a final seven-year period. There's going to be, they're going to have the, the Battle of Armageddon. It's going to culminate in the Kidron Valley. The Messiah is going to come back, Jesus Christ, plant His feet on the Mount of Olives. Israel's going to come out. Those that have made it through the Great Tribulation, made it through the Battle of Armageddon, they're going to come out. Those that have made it through the Great Earthquake, they're going to come out and meet the Messiah, and they're going to realize... What are those scars? You are Jesus. And they will be, the Bible says, Romans eleven twenty five and 26, all of Israel will be saved at that time. Isn't that going to be an awesome time? Now this occurs at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so we're marching right through the timeline. Now when we get back from the break, I'm going to take you from the second coming, events that will transpire <clears throat> at his second coming all the way to eternity and beyond what are we talking about today the future according to bible prophecy i'll show you the timeline before the end of the program god bless i've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents Irvin and judy baxter began the ministry from the recliner in our living room My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Lord is going to come back, defeat the armies of the Antichrist and the world governing armies, and He is going to take care of business at that point. He's done messing around, and He's going to set up His kingdom here on the earth. One of the first things He's going to do is He's going to send the Antichrist and the false prophet straight to the lake of fire. Revelation 19.20, Bible says... And the beast was taken, the Antichrist was taken with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. So God's going to cast whoever the Antichrist is, he's going to hell. Whoever the false prophet is, he's going to hell. Because they've deceived so many people and they've actually been working on Satan's behalf in the end time. Well, at that point, at the second coming, we're moving off into the 1,000-year millennial reign now. Satan's going to be bound for 1,000 years. He's cast into the pit. Revelation 20, 1 and 2, the Bible says, um, And I saw an angel come down from the heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a 1,000 years. So Satan is bound for a 1,000-year period. This is the future according to Bible prophecy again. And so what happens with the Lord? Well, we're, gonna, we're serving the Lord at this point. The rapture has already occurred. We, the saints, the church has immortal bodies at this point. And we are going to crown the Lord King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 17, 14. The Bible says that at the battle of Armageddon that the world governing army shall make war with the Lamb... And the Lamb will overcome them. There's not even going to be any competition. And He's going to overcome them because He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And they that are with Him, this is very important, they that are with Him, the saints, the armies of heaven, are called, chosen, and faithful. So make sure if you're in church, you've been born again, or if God's calling you, everyone's called, fewer are chosen, in other words, few are going to become the chosen few and because God's going to make complete. Everyone on earth is going to have a chance. But not everyone is going to want to align themselves to the Word of God and be born again. And then fewer still are going to remain faithful. Once you're born again, then you need to remain faithful. Jesus said, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So those that come back with Him will have, be called, chosen, and faithful all the way to the end. Now, at this point, you can barely read it on my timeline, the world government is destroyed. The Bible says in Revelation eleven fifteen, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. If you remember, remember back in Daniel 2, the stone that was cut out of the mountain and come down and smashed the world governing image on the feet, it's the same thing. 
Then the millennial reign, the 1,000-year millennial reign. Revelation 20, verse 4 and 6, John said, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the image of the beast, uh, or the beast, neither had received a mark in their, upon their foreheads or in their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, as immortals. But the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. Who lives and reigns with Christ? Those that went in the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, or the rapture. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and Christ, uh, and of Christ, and shall reign with him for a thousand year period. So very important. If you go in the rapture, you will be part of God's government in his kingdom here on the earth for 1,000 years. Now, I've had people say, well, no, no, wait, 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 wait. This is just a spiritual experience. It's not really a physical kingdom here on the earth. The earth is going to be done away with at the second coming. That's not what scripture says. Revelation 5.10, the Bible says, And hath made us, the saints who were raptured, unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And the Bible talks about the millennial reign in many places. Um, the Bible talks about um, that in the book of Isaiah, that the wolf will lay down with the lamb. The child will play on the hole of the asp, which is a poisonous snake. And it's, it's, it's not going to be like um, it is now. There's not going to be um, killing, things like that. It's going to be kind of like the going back to the Garden of Eden type experience. Uh, people's lives will be, live, people will live a lot longer. Um, the Bible says that a sinner dying at an age of 100 would be considered but a child. And so people are going to, some people will live almost all the way through the 1,000 year millennial reign. Have you considered that? They're going to be living hundreds of years. You're going to go to a casket at a funeral and they're going to say, well, how old was he? Oh, he was 100 years old. And they're going to say, oh, he was just a child. That's in the Bible. So it's going to be, a, and the church is going to be immortal at that point. And so then we come to, at the end of the 1,000 year millennial reign, the great white throne of judgment. You've heard, many of you have heard about it all your life. And Revelation 20, verse 11, the Bible says, and I saw, this is John, I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. So all who are not raptured will stand before God and be judged from many books. The Lamb's Book of Life, the, uh, the Bible. That's what you say, well, I don't really want to line up with the Bible. The Bible says you'll be judged by those words that are written in that book. That's why in Revelation 22, the Bible says, don't touch these prophecies, because if you do that, I will blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life. The, the Bible says, thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. The Bible is something you don't want to mess with. That's why these people making all these LGBTQ Bibles and all this other stuff, I wouldn't do that for nothing. You don't mess with the word of God. Whatever the word of God says, that's what we're going to go by. And because we're, there would be people that were judged by that in the end. He's going to open the books. And the Bible says in Revelation 20, 15, and this is very important. And whosoever's name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let me read that again very slowly. 
Revelation 20, verse 15. And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let me talk to you just a moment. I, I, I have people ask me all kinds of questions all the time. People ask me for investment opportunities. Um, what, can I, what kind of food can I store up for the end time? What can I, how can I prepare? Uh, what can I do to invest to uh, set me up financially for the end times? I get all these questions. The absolute number one thing I can tell you to prepare yourself for the end time and for the second coming of Jesus Christ is be born again and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There is absolutely nothing in your life more important than that. Nothing. And so, if you've got your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, then go out and get other people and get their name in that book. That's the most important thing in your life, folks. Because the Bible says in Revelation 20, 15, everybody whose name is not written in that book will be cast into the lake of fire. Okay? So you say, well, I know, but I've got this going on in my life. I understand, but there's going to be no excuses in that day. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about hell. And, you know, I mean, a lot of churches won't even preach about it anymore. But the the thing is, is that just as much as there's a heaven, there's a hell. And it's eternal existence. So how do you know it's an eternal existence? Well, the Bible in many places talks about an eternal existence. Matthew 24, or 25, 46, the righteous unto life eternal. Ephesians 3, 21, unto him be glory in the church by Christ, Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. 2 Timothy 2, 10, eternal glory. Titus 1, 2, in hope of eternal life. 1 John 2, 25, and this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. So we're talking about an eternity here. We're not talking about, oh, the next 20, 30 years. No, no, no. We're talking about an eternal existence. The Bible is very specific on that. So it brings an enormous level of gravity to our situation, right? Well, I mean, you know, maybe it's 20 years and it'll be over with. Nope, that's not how it works. It's eternal. What you're doing in this life will echo an eternity, folks. So be born again. Get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then it just takes all the stress out. It's an awesome way to live. Okay, so with that said, the future according to Bible prophecy. Again. There are some things that we're watching here. The world government forming now. World religion forming now. The mark of the beast system forming now. There will come a time, half, this is the, the final seven years starts in the beginning. Halfway through, the world government will become the Antichrist kingdom, the false prophets kingdom, uh, the world religion that's being established right now. That'll become the false prophets kingdom. The mark of the beast system forming now. Precursors to the mark of the beast, these numbering systems. That will be implemented as the mark of the beast. And then at the beginning of this timeline, the Six Trumpet War, World War III that we were talking about, I do not know, I cannot prove scripturally whether that happens before or after this peace agreement. But these are the next two things to happen on God's prophetic timeline. I put the Six Trumpet War with a question mark. And then the peace agreement will start, one or the other will start first, and then 
The Temple Mount's going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. Animal sacrifice is resumed. During the first three and one and a half years, the third Jewish temple is going to be rebuilt. And then we get to the halfway mark. Now, you understand, we're just prior to the beginning of this final seven years starting. Just prior to that. And so, this is... In, but, I want you to understand something. If you see this timeline here, remember we've talked about there are about a thousand prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is what's left. Now, I think I may have left off... Somebody mentioned on Facebook today, I left off the two witnesses. That would begin right here at the three and a one half year point. I think I left that off this timeline. But I taught it all year and I would just teach it as we went. Uh, but I apologize. I can't remember. I think it was Ronald Taylor or somebody that caught that. That was a good catch, Ron. But halfway through the war in heaven, Satan is banished from heaven. Satan's confined to the earth. This is when the great tribulation is going to happen. The abomination of desolation when the Antichrist stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God. The false prophet supports the Antichrist. This is when the great tribulation begins. Right here, this final three and one half year period. At the end of this seven years, Middle East peace treaty expires. The second coming of Jesus Christ happens. The Jews meet their Messiah. Antichrist and the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. 1,000 years right here. Battle of Armageddon. And then we start the 1,000 year millennial reign. This is the final seven years. 1,000 year millennial reign. And then once that happens, the great white throne of judgment, boom, we move off into eternity. So there you go, folks. That is the future according to Bible prophecy. I'll have the guys put this up full screen so you can um, screen capture it, keep it, print it off, whatever you want to do, share it, and keep this video so you can share it with others because this is what's coming in the future. This is the future according to Bible prophecy, and we want you to understand what's coming. Now, there are so many nuances and different things about Bible prophecy that we talk about all the time, but I wanted to make sure that you understand I taught it all year long. This is what's coming, and it will give you a peace of mind, again, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.